Good morning. It is great to see you all. It's December. Christmas is rapidly approaching. Here at the Vineyard, we are going home for Christmas. You know, Christmas is this celebration of God's over-the-top generosity, his, his hospitality to us. You know, through the lavish gift of his Son, God welcomes us into our true home. And it is like no other home that we've been to before. It is the kingdom of God. This is the real magic of Christmas, that you and I, through, through this baby in the manger, through this Savior who dies for us, that we can be welcomed into God's family. And you know, that kind of generosity, hospitality, it changes us. It's why followers of Jesus have been known for centuries for their radical generosity, their warm hospitality. This is part of being in God's family, being like Him. Now, with Christmas approaching, we see Jesus' lavish gift, this lavish gift of the baby Jesus, and it is the best gift ever. But God's a genius, you know that, right? He thought this thing out. He's got a plan. It's not just the best gift. This is strategic generosity. Jesus changes everything. Now, what better way to press in to God's strategic generosity than the, a story about an old, sad, rich guy that nobody likes? Yeah, I got to say, I love Ebenezer Scrooge, right? The Christmas Carol. It's a great story. The three ghosts come and they visit this sad old rich guy that nobody likes. It's a, it's a classic story. And you know, there are just so many adaptations of this story too. You, you've got Mr. Magoo and Bugs Bunny, the Muppets, the Flintstones, even Bill Murray and Ryan Reynolds get in on the fun. It's such a powerful story, it seems like everybody has to remake this Dickens classic. But you know, Jesus has his own version. Yeah, Jesus had an encounter with a sad old rich guy. And it was, it was powerful. You know, in Jesus' encounter, the, the stingy old rich guy, he isn't changed by three ghosts. No, he's changed by the gospel. In Jesus' story, you see a, a force at work that is way more powerful. So, Luke chapter 19. Jesus, this is Jesus' version of Scrooged. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge. No, no, it's, it's Zacchaeus. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So we ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must go to your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, yeah, he's go he has gone to be a guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay him back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too 
is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Yeah, God bless us, everyone. Wow, Zacchaeus got Scrooge. He really did. And Jesus' version of a Christmas carol, it's no fantasy, right? There's no ghosts. This is real. This is still happening today to people, to followers of Jesus. So today, we're going to press into God's strategic generosity by looking at this story of this wee little Ebenezer Scrooge, Zacchaeus. And as we do this, what we're looking at, what we're going to see is God's lavish gift for us. His lavish gift. We saw it in what we read. He came to seek and save the lost. And as we receive his gift, as we welcome him gladly, then we are transformed by his gift. Even how we treat our money and our righteousness and our power. We're going to look at all of that today. So, grab a Bible. It's on page 717 in the Bibles we have here. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the text. Let's pray that Jesus comes, and we get Scrooge today too, just like, Ebenezer, just like Zacchaeus did, just like Ebenezer Scrooge did. Lord Jesus, I welcome you here. Holy Spirit, come. And I pray that instead of uh, using these uh, fantasy made-up ghosts, that you show up today. Holy Ghost, come. Come and change our hearts. Change us with your gift, with your generosity. I pray that your love will be present here in this room, in all the rooms that people are watching online. It will be a felt presence of you, that we will see your incredible gift, and it will change us. It will make us more like you. I ask for that powerful work today, Jesus. Amen. All right, so first off, we need to see Jesus' gift. So let's start again. Um, Luke chapter 19, starting at the beginning, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. And he's not just like a big shot at the IRS. No, the Israel is under Roman occupation, and Zacchaeus is a collaborator with the brutal Romans. The business model for the Romans was simple. Conquer other nations, and then shake them down for protection money. Huge taxes. And Zacchaeus is their guy. And by charging a little extra, he's become fabulously rich, right? He is rich and powerful. He, Zacchaeus, he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, all someone needs to do is let Zacchaeus stand in front of him or her, right? Zacchaeus is short. You can see right over him. But nobody will let Zacchaeus through, not even a single person. They hate him. They hate him with a passion. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree um, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now, this is the comical part of the story, right? This old, sad, rich guy climbs a tree, right? Even today, if Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos climbed a tree, people would wonder. There'd be jokes about it. And also, think about what they wore back then, right? It's a single piece of clothing. Underwear hadn't been invented yet. They're looking up at the tree. Ooh, hey, little wee guy up there. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's comical. And yet, also notice here, Zacchaeus is curious, right? He, he's, he's curious and he's persistent, right? He's, he's a rich, powerful guy. He's not desperate, but something is missing in his life. 
and he wonders if Jesus can do something about that. That is a perfect place to be when it comes to receiving God's gift. Um, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now, Jesus inviting himself over, to us, that you know, seems a little forward, but it's no big deal. Back then, in that culture, it was a different culture. It was a big deal. Jesus coming to his house, eating with him, it was a way of honoring him. It was a way of endorsing, associating with him in a deep way. Jesus is forming a strong social bond with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, this ostracized guy, he is thrilled, right? The, this popular teacher, this miracle worker is coming to my house honoring me. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the, pe all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. Again, in that culture, people knew that Jesus was honoring Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus didn't deserve it. They're like, Jesus, don't you know about this guy? He, you shouldn't be going to his house. Notice, Jesus paid a big social cost for this. It, it, he took a hit to his reputation to go to Zacchaeus' house. So, all right, here we go. First, we need to see God's lavish gift. This gift for Zacchaeus, this gift for you and for me. And the first part that we see here is that Jesus, he heals our wounds. Zacchaeus had a giant social wound. People hate, hate, hated Zacchaeus. He is universally despised. Not even a single person would let him squeeze through and stand below them and look, not a, no one, no one. They hate him. And that kind of hatred hurts. It eats away at your soul. All of us, each of us, we have something in our lives that hurts, that eats away at us. Maybe it's a social wound. Maybe we failed at our career, financially, we failed at our family or relationships. Maybe we're losing our battle with our addiction or, or we've got some sort of medical problem, physical, mental health issue. We all have something in us that hurts, that eats away at our soul. Now, miracles happen. They do. We've seen some crazy things at the vineyard this year. But notice, Jesus doesn't miraculously make Zacchaeus popular. No, this isn't that kind of comedy. Nope. He doesn't miraculously make him popular. Jesus takes this hit to his reputation, but people don't suddenly go, wow, tax collectors are good people. No, they're not. And yet, Jesus going to Zacchaeus' house, honoring him in this way, it heals Zacchaeus' wound in a deep way. And Jesus is still up to this business today through the Holy Spirit. When, when Jesus draws close to us, we may still be failures, still have cancer. Our loved one may still be gone. And yet in Jesus' presence, there is a love and a comfort and a peace that heals our soul. It's very real and very powerful. See what it did to Zacchaeus? For some of us today, if we're open to it, we'll receive that kind of gift from God. And that's not Jesus' only gift. No, let's keep going. You know, there's lots of smart Bible people, commentators, who point out that, you know, to, in order to, for Jesus to give us his love, he doesn't just take a hit to his reputation. It doesn't just cost him reputationally. It actually, in the end, costs him his life. 
Because you and I, Zacchaeus, we're all sinners, and the wages of sin are death. We deserve hell. We deserve eternal separation from God. We deserve to be cursed. We deserve to hang on a tree, like it talks about in Deuteronomy and Galatians 3.3. And here Zacchaeus is up in a tree. And Jesus, he is headed to Jerusalem to take our place on a tree. Zacchaeus comes down from that tree, and Jesus goes up and is nailed to that cross. And Jesus can do that because he is the Son of God, because he was in heaven. He, he became human. He humbled himself. He lived that perfect life for us. And then he suffers and dies on the cross to pay the price for our sin, to experience hell in our place. It is incredible generosity, incredible. Forgiveness of sins is part of God's lavish, lavish gift to you. I hope, I pray, that you have received that gift from him. And that's not Jesus' only gift. Let's keep going. I'll tell you, in my life, for a long time, I didn't go much farther than forgiveness of sins, than my ticket to heaven. But there's more. We see more in Zacchaeus' story. Let's go back and look again at verse 5. When Zacchaeus, well, excuse me, when Jesus reached the spot... He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. Okay, that's background, and let's put that together now with verse 9. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Okay, let's think about this. Salvation has come to this house. That is great for Zacchaeus, but uh, exactly how does that work, right? How does that work? Because, you know, um, Jesus is on his way to the cross. If salvation is just the forgiveness of sins, Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet. How is it that he says to Zacchaeus, but salvation has come to your house now. It's here now. It's because of what is in verse 5. I must stay at your house today. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? I'll tell you, for, in my life, for a long time, I didn't really get this. Jesus is saying, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, salvation is in your house today because I'm in your house, because I'm here. I, Jesus, am salvation. Yeah, it's way more than just the forgiveness of sins. We, we, Jesus is salvation. God's lavish gift is Jesus. It's the baby in the manger. It's, it's the man who grew up and died on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His gift is Jesus. So often we talk about how following Jesus is a relationship with Jesus. And we're not kidding. It's not a transaction with Jesus. It's a relationship because he is salvation. He is the gift. Now, maybe you know this, right? Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, of course. This is old, old hat, right? Jesus, he's the gift. But I'll tell you, this idea can be mind-blowing for people. It really can when you finally get it. Martin Luther, maybe you heard of him. He was like a monk, right? A, a, he taught in a seminary, and he 
his soul was distressed. He was racked with guilt because he couldn't be good enough, right? He knew his sins were forgiven, but he just couldn't be righteous. And one day, he was like meditating on this part of Romans. For I, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And Luther, his mind was blown. He saw that it's Jesus. It's all Jesus. Jesus is the gospel. He is the salvation. He is the righteousness of God. By faith, we get him, and we get salvation, and we get righteousness. L Luther realized he didn't have to be righteous. He, he could stop that battle with trying to always live up because he had Jesus, and in Jesus, he had righteousness. We, righteousness, by the way, is not something we give to God. No, no, no. It's something that God gives to us as a free gift in Jesus, his righteousness, his perfection are transferred into our account. Seriously, this is Zacchaeus' story. Zacchaeus didn't become, make himself right, Zacchaeus didn't make himself righteous. You know, he, he didn't become righteous, become generous, give away tons of his money, and then he had salvation. No, he had salvation because Jesus was there, because Jesus showed up. Do we see that? Do we see that Jesus is salvation? Now, we absolutely get our hurts, our wounds healed. We get forgiveness of sin. That is part of the deal. It's just that there's more, so much more. We get Jesus. He is the gift. So, how do we receive that gift? How do we take that gift in? And to answer that question, I'm going to start out with actually a different question. If I was to ask you today this, what would be your response? Are you willing to say that you're a Christian? Are you willing to say that you're a Christian? What would be your answer today? Okay, great. Um, there is an old Welch pastor that used this as a kind of a test because often he would ask people that question and they'd respond like this. They would say something like, well, yeah, I... I, I think I'm a Christian. I want to be a Christian, but, you know, I'm not sure I'm good enough, right? I, I am really working at it, right? I am trying hard to be a Christian. Some of us, that would be our honest answer. And Dr. Lloyd-Jones, he, when people answered that way, he'd point out that that is a modest answer, but you realize it's completely focused on ourselves, not on Jesus. If that's our answer, we don't get it. We don't get what it's like to follow Jesus. Again, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Not salvation is coming to this house. It is past tense. It has come. It has showed up in the house. See, salvation is not a process. Not with Jesus. It's not a process. It, uh, there's religions out there that it absolutely is. That's what it's all about. It's a process. You do these things, you do this, do that, and that gets you to God. It makes you acceptable to him, not with Jesus. Jesus didn't come to start a religion. 
No, he, he didn't come to give us a pathway to God. He just came himself, God, to us. That's what Jesus is about, coming, showing up for us. So, here's the question. Again, are we Christians? It's yes or no. Are we followers of Jesus? Have we received that gift, Jesus, into our lives? Which one is it for us? All right, there's one other part of receiving God's lavish gift here that we should talk about. Um, we should make sure that we get it in the right order. Um, this is an important thing. Jesus didn't say to Zacchaeus, hey, uh, Zacchaeus, you're a tax collector. You're a messed up guy. So why don't you like clean up your life? Why don't you stop cheating people and give away a bunch of your money? And then I'll come over to your house. No. The, the shocking, the scandalous part is Jesus pranced on over to his house and he hadn't repented. He was still a tax collector, a sinner, and Jesus barges right in. Romans. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is pretty amazing. Hey, how many of us are thrilled to be followers of Jesus, to be Christians? How many of us are thrilled? Hey, there's a few people that are thrilled. Zacchaeus was thrilled. He was thrilled that Jesus came over to his house. He welcomed him gladly. And a big part of that is that Jesus went first. Jesus went first. Right? If Zacchaeus had been like, oh, yeah, I've been spending all these weeks doing better, cleaning up my act, not cheating people, now I get to have Jesus. No, it wouldn't have been the same. It's a big deal for Zacchaeus because Jesus goes first. He sees that it is a precious gift that he does not deserve. You and I, we need to stop trying to earn it. We do. We, we, we need to see that Jesus goes first. We, we don't earn it. We don't deserve it any more than Zacchaeus did. Can we see that? That all we do is respond to Jesus' generosity. That's the order it goes in. All right. Another part here of receiving the gift is that um, when it comes to receiving the gift, we need to remember that Zacchaeus climbed up that sycamore tree, right? He, he was curious about Jesus. Zacchaeus welcomed Jesus gladly into his home because nobody else would go to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus knows that his, his, house, he, his house is empty. He knows it. It is empty. See, when we receive God's gift, we need empty hands. And part of this is just common sense, right? If I was holding something and you wanted to give me a present, I couldn't take it from you. I would have to put it down first to receive the gift. The story of Zacchaeus in our Bibles, if you just flip back to the previous page, chapter 18 of Luke, in verse 9, it says this. To some who were confident in their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men, went to, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. 
He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He was empty-handed. And hear the words of Jesus. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, unless we see ourselves as sinners, unless we know that we are spiritually bankrupt, all we're going to want is religion to earn it. We're not going to want Jesus. Have we gone to Jesus empty-handed and received his gift? If you haven't, if you're not sure, when I ask, are you a Christian? If you're like, oh, maybe I'm a Christian, maybe I'm, If you're not sure, no better day than today to receive his gift. And there's no magic to it. There's not special words you have to say. You just tell Jesus you're in. We just say to Jesus, Jesus, hey, I see that you went first. You're God, and you showed up, and you died for me on that cross, and I want you. I want your salvation. I want your righteousness. I want you in my life. I'm yours, and you're mine. Amen. That is so good. It is so good. And Zacchaeus' story doesn't end there. No. Jesus, when he goes into Zacchaeus' house, right? When, when he shows up there in Zacchaeus' life, things change. Things are different. We need to see how we are transformed by Jesus' gift. Because we are Jesus in Zacchaeus' house, in his life. Things, boom, they are different. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. Zacchaeus is excited. It's like, hey, Daddy, look, Lord. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Okay, I'm just going to say this plainly, right? If we receive God's gift, if we are followers of Jesus, it will inevitably change how we treat our money. Yes, side effects include radical generosity, sacrificial giving. If you're not into that, maybe Jesus isn't your guy. And I say that because maybe you haven't yet seen, you haven't yet experienced his incredible generosity in your life for us. Now, this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's not. Jesus, once, he was talking to another guy, another rich guy, a young rich guy, not Zacchaeus, and he says to that guy, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Give 100%. Some of us, God may say that to us. For Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, he just gives 50% of what he has to the poor, Right, Zacchaeus is fabulously wealthy, by the way. He can give 50%, and he's still pretty rich. Jesus is not telling all rich people to get rid of their money, to stop being rich. Back in those days, what was customary was to tithe, to give 10% of what you have to the poor. Now, historians tell us that there actually were three tithes. They would give 10% to the poor, 10% to the temple, 10% to the festivals. So it adds up to like 30%, but definitely 10% to the poor. Here, today at the vineyard, 
we encourage people to tithe 10%, to give 10% to the church, and we ask, hey, when you're coming in and out, just put a few bucks in those poor boxes, and that'll give us the money that we need to buy so much food to give away in Fruit of the Vine. So it raises the question, Jesus, what are we supposed to do? What do you want, Jesus? What is the demand? Should we give 10%, 50%, 100%, a few bucks now and then? What are we supposed to do? What must we do? Zacchaeus' story teaches us that that is the wrong question to ask. Yeah. When we've received Jesus' gift like Zacchaeus, when that kind of generosity has come into our lives, we don't ask, how much must I give? We ask, how much can I give? How much can I possibly give away? It changes us. How much can I give? Where are we at with that? Are we still asking, how much must I give? If that's us, you know, guilt and shame are not our friends. Those are tools of the devil. What we need is to focus on God's gift. We need to let Jesus heal more of our wounds, bind them up. We, we need more of his forgiveness, more for freedom from sin. We need more of Jesus in our life, loving us, transforming us, him as our identity. Because if we're still asking, how much must I give, we're missing out. There's more of him for us. Now, I get that in our materialistic, our greed-obsessed culture, this sounds like crazy talk. To, be, to, to have yourself so changed that you're, you're, the way you operate is to always be asking, wow, how much can I give? I want to give as much as I can, as much as reasonable. I want to give all that away. That seems nuts. And I think a big part of that is in our world, in our culture, America, we use money as a form of spiritual righteousness. We do. We use money, me having more money than someone else, as a way to look down on people, to feel better about ourselves. Oh, I have more money than they do. It's cheap righteousness. It is not great. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's real in our world. We do this. We look down on people that have less money. We feel better about ourselves. Hey, retail therapy, it actually works. It's cheap and fleeting, but it works. Again, if we're going to receive Jesus' gift, just like Martin Luther, inevitably, we're going to change how we see, how we treat our righteousness. Our righteousness. It's going to shift. And, and what's going to happen is this, I don't know, spiritual umbilical cord that goes from us to our money is going to get cut. It gets cut, and we start to see, wait, it's just money. It, it's, it's not my identity. Money's not my identity, it's not my, my safety, my, my, my comfort. I don't need money because I have Jesus and he is infinitely better at making me feel good about myself. That's what happens when we press into Jesus. That gets cut. Will we let Jesus actually be our righteousness so we don't need money in that way? Okay, one more aspect of Zacchaeus' gift here that's really interesting. Zacchaeus, again, he gives away a ton of money. Think about it, 50%, half of what he had, he just totally gives it away to the poor. That is way beyond normal 
right? And then even the four times part, right? The people he cheated, he's going to give them back four times as much. Back then in that culture, they had a, something that was normal. You would, if you cheated someone, you'd give them back 120%, a 20% penalty. Zacchaeus is giving back everyone 400%. Why? Why is he so generous? It's because when we receive Jesus' gift, God's gift, it inevitably changes how we treat our power. Power. In many ways, Zacchaeus' story is way more about power than it is about money. Jesus doesn't give Zacchaeus any money. Nope. But Jesus, he uses his power. He gives up his power. He lays down his power to heal Zacchaeus' wounds, to forgive his sins, to give himself to Zacchaeus. He lays it down. Now, still, in our world, money is power. We know this. Money is power. If, if we have more money, we have more options, we have more control. We feel more powerful. We, we, with money, we feel freer. We feel safer. Money is power power in our world. Zacchaeus, he had received Jesus's, Jesus had laid down his power and given this great gift to Zacchaeus, and it changed Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus wanted to give his power away, right? Jesus's generosity made Zacchaeus generous. Now, for the average bear, for, for normal people, to tithe, to give away 10%, we're starting to actually give away our power. We can feel it, but not Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had too much money. If he gave away 10%, he wouldn't even feel it. He'd be like, yeah, still super rich. He needed to give away more so he could actually give away his power. It could affect his power. Do you see how this works here? Do you see how this is? Jesus uses his power. He gives it away. He humbles himself. He becomes like a slave. He dies on that cross to give us new life. And that gift of us changes how we see power, what we want to do with our power. We start to give it away. And we, when you give away your power, you feel it. It changes your lifestyle. You can't travel. You can't go on all the vacations you want anymore. You're giving away your money so away you can't wear. You can't buy every little gadget, everything you want. You're giving away your money in a way that you can't eat everything you want to eat. You can't go to all the restaurants you want. It changes your lifestyle. You feel more vulnerable because like Jesus, you've given away your power. That's is the kind of generosity Jesus is calling his followers to. That is a beautiful, beautiful side effect of following Jesus. Now, I get it. We're not all there yet. We're not. And, and this isn't easy for me either, I'll tell you. But there is something I have to tell you. That people that practice, followers of Jesus that are radically generous in that way, that give sacrificially, they love it. They, they don't feel cheated. No, they are thrilled. They see it as a privilege to give like that, to respond to Jesus' gift in that way. We, we need to like change our perspective on who's missing out. 
folks who are radically generous, who have been transformed by Jesus and are just giving away their power, their money, they're not missing out. They don't think so. They're like, no, it's so much better to have Jesus to experience his gift on this deep level. No, it's those of us who are holding on to our power, holding on to our money, we're missing out because we're not experiencing Jesus like that. My hope, my prayer for today is that we would just have more. We'd have more Jesus. Yeah, that we would see his beautiful gift, his lavish gift for us, and that we would welcome him gladly and that he would transform us because that's the gospel. Tell you what, stand up with me. And let's press into that. We're going to move into ministry time. We're going to let Jesus speak to us individually, personally, about what's going on in our life. So, Holy Spirit, I welcome you even more here and now into this room, into all the rooms where people are watching online. And I do pray that you flood, flood it in with your love, your incredible love. Draw us close. Lord, help us to really see clearly the incredible gift that you have given us. It's you, Jesus. You are the prize. We get you in our life for now and eternity, and that is salvation. You were willing to give up everything, everything, and you were in, <laughs> there was no one richer than you, and you gave it all up for us. You humbled yourself, became human, endured, endured death, even death on a cross for each one of us. Lord, let that incredible generosity sink in for us. You went first. You didn't wait. You're not waiting for any of us to clean up our act. You're inviting us over. You're inviting us to come home to our true home. Lord, help us to receive that gift, to come to you empty-handedly and to receive that. And Lord, as we press in, as we receive your generous gift, I do pray that it makes us like the rest of the family. It makes us incredibly generous. It'll change how we treat our money, how we treat our righteousness, how we treat our power, that we will become a shining light for you because we will actually be like you. Lord, come. This is powerful work. This is super practical work that you do in our hearts when you change the way that we treat our power, where we, the way we treat our money. Lord, meet us there. Let us be blessed in this beautiful way. Come. You know, I'm going to invite the ministry team to come forward. And... Um, Hey, if God's given you the elbow today, if you're feeling a little of the Holy Spirit doing something in you, I would really encourage you to let someone pray for you. Maybe you really need to experience Jesus' gift on a deeper level. Maybe you want to receive it. Maybe you've never started following Jesus. We'd love to help introduce you to him today. Maybe you want to be generous in that way, but something is standing in the way. Let's pray for you. Maybe you want to celebrate how he has blessed you and made you generous. 
If there's anything you need prayer for, maybe you're struggling in your relationships, your finances, you need physical healing, we would love to pray for you. God has more he wants to do in you because he loves you so much. Receive his gift. Let him bind up your wounds. Heal your wounds today. They're going to lead us in some more worship, and I'm just going to invite you to stay and let God do what he wants to do in you. Thank you so much for coming to the vineyard.